0: Hello again. Welcome to Tell Me. Today on Tell Me is with Camilla Alves McConaughey. She's a mother, an entrepreneur, and a philanthropist. Camilla is the founder of the online community Women of Today. She created it to spread a shared experience in both physical and mental health worldwide. She's also committed to providing fresh, unprocessed, and homemade food for babies and children through a company she co-owns called Yummy Spoonfuls. Camilla wrote this great book called Just Try One Bite. It's a kid's book about eating healthy. It's really fun. We just talked about food and tea and wellness and health and how to make small little changes that will make a big difference. We had a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, it's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. How are you? I'm so good. We've never met before, although we may have met
1: one time. We've been in the same room. We have said hello, but never really sat down and had a conversation.
0: Right. So we're here to talk about a lot of things, but I love this book, Just One Bite. So Camilla wrote this adorable children's book that I have to say is genius, So obviously, it's super hard to get your kids, for me anyway, but the opposite game is amazing game. Like just yesterday, my son's name is Eli, and he wouldn't put his shoes on to go to school, and I said, don't you dare put those shoes on don't you do it. And he just thought that was like the funniest thing ever. And he just starts giggling. And of course, the shoes are on in 10
1: seconds. Exactly.
0: And so she wrote this great kids book about eating healthy, but she flips it and the parents don't eat healthy and the kids do. And so the approach to it is so fun and refreshing. I've never kind of seen a children's book like this. I feel like we have every children's book ever written.
1: So congratulations. It looks like it was fun to write. Thank you so much. It really was. Adam was a major force on the writing. You know, English is my second language and I write really long. You know, Adam wrote Go the F to Sleep. Oh, yes, of course. I got on a call with him and I was like, look, you know, I really want to do a book where we're not preaching people what to do, but I really want to have that conversation. I think that the earlier you start the conversation with kids about the relationship with food, the most likely you're going to be setting them up for a lifelong of good habits. But a lot of the books that I've seen that I had it with my kids when they were little, it starts getting a little preachy. This is bad. This is good. Just not as fun. So I really wanted to give the power to the kids and do this reverse role. And they just came in and helped me bring this idea into life in such a fun, funny way. It's a little bit of a rap, right? Everything rhymes. Yep. And the illustrations with Michael Bolt really like brought everything to life. It's a multicultural family like mine. And it's like the kids really have the power on this book. I mean, what other book do you have that, you know, the kids are going to the parents in your face, mom (laughs) and dad, right? It's true, it's so fun. Right, they don't have that chance that often. And the reality is that, you know, what I've learned with my kids is that when you do give them the knowledge, when you do give them the power, then all of a sudden, they actually take pride of doing the right choices and they actually take pride on being the ones going, no, 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 I actually, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this because this is good for that or good for this. My kids took pride on catching me eating crappy stuff and they actually inspire me to do better. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's a really good perspective. And I think it's effective. Like I said, I think it really works. How many kids do you have? We got three. We got nine, 12, and 13. Ah, I have 12, seven, and five. There we go.
1: We're kind of right there, right Mm -hmm. in the middle of it, right? Yeah, it's (laughs) so fun. Best thing I ever did, for sure. Absolutely. Me too. Me too. The third one was a bit hard. I'm not going to lie. I was like, what just happened? I don't know if you had that same experience. But I would not change anything. It's such a blessing. Yeah, my third one was such a
0: blessing because it was a harder road for the third. And we didn't know if the third was going to happen. So when it finally did, it was just like so joyous. Oh,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, you know what, one thing that I like to share about this book that for everybody listening that sometimes... When they hear conversations about food and eating habits and all those things, people sometimes just turn off because they're like, oh, I'm trying to make it every day. I don't want to listen to somebody else telling me what to do, how to do with my kids. And we're not trying to do that with the book. We're not trying to tell any parents, you know, what to feed their kids, how to feed their kids. But it's just really a fun way to have the conversation in the household. And we even say, hey, we're not telling you can't have ice cream, just not every day, just more now and then, you know, you can have your donut hose. We end the book in a very fun way with treats. So I don't want to spoil. I love donuts. That's one of
0: my things too. I love a donut. I can't eat them as much as I used to. I hear you. (laughs) It's true. People don't want to be told what to do, but it's nice for the people who do like inspiration. You could look at it as you don't want to be told what to do, or you could look at it as people who have some creative, fun ideas. And if you want to be inspired to make better choices, there's fun ways.
1: It really is. And it's also very easy ways to do it. You know what I mean? I, I think that a lot of times parents feel that pressure of like, well, it has to be perfect and it has to be this way and it has to be that way. It doesn't really. It's just about giving the information, giving the knowledge, giving the kids power, and then creating a balance, right, in the household. So I come from a family of farmers, right? My dad is a farmer. into today, we have a farm together in Brazil, and. The relationship of where food comes from, from seat to table, it's very strong. But we never had the conversation about sugar. My brother has diabetes type 1, but I could have any amount of sugar I wanted. It was never a conversation. And what do I struggle with now at my age? Sugar. My husband, his parents had the conversation with him and taught him about it and all. He can sit in a dessert table and just have a little and be like, I'm good. I'm satisfied, you know? And I'm like, how do you do
0: that? I can't do it. Yeah. Sweets are my thing too. It's a balance between saying, you know, you can't have any of that because you've heard people say to us, oh, when I was little, I wasn't allowed to have anything. And as soon as I grew up, I had all the sugar and all that. So I think, you know, we've come to the point where we all understand it's about the balance. You can't tell your kids no sugar. That's not good for them. But did you ever watch that documentary on Netflix called Explained. It's a bunch of little 20 minute sort of documentaries about how different things were created. It's really brilliant.
1: No, I love documentaries. I love, love, love documentaries. And I actually, I know this is going to sound awful, not awful, but you know, some parents be like, you make them. I'm like, yes, I make them watch some documentaries that they don't want to watch. We take turns on picking what to watch. And it's a joke on the household because it, every time it's my turn to choose what to watch, they're like, oh no, there it comes, the documentaries." <laughs> <laughs> but we, I get them to watch a good amount of documentaries. And as much as they don't like, I'm spacing out the name of the last one that we watched that had a lot to do with sugar. I remember being a big eye-opening for them as well.
0: Yeah, these are really good. There's one on like athleisure wear. It was the history of like fashion and how leggings became so popular, what the rise of leggings was. It's really interesting. And they had one on sugar. And why they're good is they're very short. Maybe not 20 minutes. That sounds too short. I think they're maybe just 45 minutes. I was watching them last summer. And the one on sugar was like mind-blowing. And I think, you know, what people have to realize, it's like breakfast, right? Like, Breakfast in other countries is not like breakfast here. It's not eggs and bacon and pancakes. And the breakfast that we call an American breakfast was created because, you know, this is a capitalist society and food became a commodity and they wanted to sell eggs. They wanted to sell pork products. So they've sort of created this environment to sell food, really. yep. It was all really designed to sell things. Obviously, the horrible side effect is it makes us really sick and addicted to these things. But the other thing that's broken in this country is healthcare and the healthcare system. And if you have a lot of healthcare bills and health insurance and doctor bills because your children are unhealthy, dentist bills, you name it, we know that poor diets make us sick and that is
1: expensive. It really is. I started going on this journey and a lot of people ask me, hey, you know, you're all about healthy and health. And I was like, well, I don't like to put it that way. I'm more about better for you. Can we do better for yourself? Can you do better for your family, better for your community? Because if you just change that train of thought of like, how can I do better on every aspect? Then you create changes. There are small changes that you can do, but they are consistent And when you do you know better for you changes that are consistent for the long amount of time that is sustainable, then you actually turn around, you're like, wow, I'm feeling better, or I'm seeing this difference, I'm seeing that difference in behavior in my kids, or whatever it is. Oh, I've been doing this consistently. And I think that for me really kicked in when I was first pregnant. But then I had my own health problems and I started to go in that journey, which I had never had before. And now realizing going, oh my gosh, just like what you say, all the whole process of doctors, the bills, the hassle of it, the domino effect that has in your family, dealing with all of that. And throughout that process, I would talk to so many specialists that would be like, hey, you know, if you switch this to that or if you do this or you do that, why is nobody really talking to the masses about this? Like why I'm hearing this now instead of talking about this way before and it maybe could have helped me Am I saying that would have cure and I would not have the problems that i have I don't know I can't state that but it would for sure make it less worse right like all my symptoms and how I went about it and all of that so to your point I think that a lot of times we forget that doing the work now will prevent us from bigger headaches later on in life for sure and if we're talking about
0: food and habits and healthy habits we have to address the fact that there are very real places called food deserts where healthy food is not available. And that is a situation that should not exist in this country, but we know it does. And there's a couple of myths out there that fast food is somehow cheaper. The myth that somehow eating healthy costs more, so only people in a higher income bracket can participate in eating healthy. Those are sort of urban myths that need to be dispelled because it is not true. Food deserts do exist, and that's a huge problem that someone should address. Big agriculture is a massive lobby in this country, you're never going to make a dent in big agriculture. You know, big agriculture is like big oil, pharmaceuticals. The power that they have to control the narrative in the country is immense. So people are going to have to take it upon themselves to make
1: small changes. This is the big misunderstanding that I think the large group of population have that, hey, I can't make the change right? So I had a food company called Yummy Spoonfuls, and I've learned so much in that process. And the reality is that the big corporations, the big retailers of the United States right now, they're wanting to do better. They're actually asking for those options. They're trying to do better. But at the end of the day, it's a business, right? So if the numbers don't match, they can't keep up with their business. So the reality is the whole power is in the consumer's hand, period. So if they have a better for you product on the shelf, if that is selling more than the crappy one, the one that's going to make you sick, they're going to buy more of the better for you. And they're going to stock more. And they're going to be, okay, our customers is wanting more of this. So they're going to listen to what the customer is telling them. And the whole power is in the purchase. So that's really where the change happens from the ground up. And, you know, the food deserts are in the United States. I've seen some of them. You know, I had a really eye-opening experience when we were living in a location in Arkansas, population 205. And then we went to Mississippi. And then we went to different cities in those areas. I come from Brazil. I've seen poverty in my life. I grew up with poverty all around me, okay? It was a different level of poverty. It was a different level of needs that I had seen growing up. And I'm going to tell you that right then, it's when my passion for creating a product that it's affordable, accessible, we didn't want to be just at Whole Foods. It was like, we're going to be at Target. We're going to be at Walmart. You know, most of these places, the only store they can get to is Walmart. And also like with women of today, the website that I have, we started creating recipes that fix that problem that you just saying, hey, if you follow these recipes, you can actually feed your whole family for less than the meal and the fast food. Now, the problem is so many people preach, it has to be organic. It has to be this, it has to be that. Again, we're talking about better for you. If you start making those changes very soon you're going to learn and realize you can actually find solutions. You know, you have places like Misfits um, Market. They can actually ship to every zip code in the country. We work with them and, you know, define the imperfect vegetables that the supermarkets don't want and they sell it for cheaper. Oh, yes. Yeah. So once you start going on the journey of doing better for you, then one thing leads to another, then you start learning. But you can go to Walmart and do a better for you meal that will cost you the same or less of feeding your whole family on fast food and you're doing it better for your family.
0: Absolutely. I absolutely agree. I grew up in a very Italian neighborhood where most of the Italian immigrants, their whole backyards were gardens. And most of everything, what people ate, they made. It came from the garden and they made their own pasta. So I grew up watching everybody make their own food. And I grew up, mm-hmm. you know, in an urban place, not in a food desert by any means, but where they made the choice to make the backyard, the garden, and they just planted things. Mm-hmm. And so it's about like what you said, doing better for you in their There's so many cool innovations that have happened recently with those little tower gardens. Yeah. I love this stuff where you can grow your own lettuce, grow herbs and put them on the windowsill. And herbs, you know, have so many medicinal qualities. You can grow oregano, has so many medicinal properties. I take oregano every day. I also remember when I was young seeing Cher on, I don't know, she was on a talk show or something and I was just like obsessed. I still am obsessed with Cher. I think she's fantastic. (laughs) And I remember her saying that she realized it wasn't soda she was addicted to. It was the bubbles. That's a very good point. Yeah. To your point of you can do better for yourself. If you were to just stop drinking soda alone, we all have seen the graphics of like there's 12 to 14 tablespoons of white sugar in every can of soda. If you just start drinking carbonated water.
1: There's definitely things you can do. And guys, if you're not familiar with the effects of sugar, you really have to. It's something that I think is extremely important to get yourself educated because, you know, it acts in your brain just like cocaine crack does. It's like a drug. So you do get addictive to it, right? And again, I'm not saying don't have sugar. I get my sweets in my times of the month. I need to have my sweets and I just create a balance with it. Talking about the soda, right? Again, it's habits. How can I do a better habit for myself? So even if you don't want to, you're like, oh no, I can't go without the sugar. Just transition to a better for you flavored sparkling thing. Do that for a little bit. And then once you do that for a little bit, then go to the next step. My next step now is just do the water with fresh fruits in it. Then I mash up and that gives me the flavor, right? It's just the version. And I think that again, it's not this or that. It's having these small steps that you can do that are consistent in your life. I used to wake up and eat chocolate. Okay. That's how bad it was for me. I had it always in the drawer next to my bed and I'm like, this is not okay. I remember a friend was in the house and he was like, just go to dark chocolate. And I'm like, I'm not a cold cut kind of person. Like this is not going to work. It tastes horrible. And the one thing to understand when you're making the transitions, I mean, this is scientifically proven. You have to retrain your palate. So if your palate is used to processed foods, a lot of high sugar foods, your palate is going to be used to that. So when you try something that it's not, it's going to taste awful to you, right? So I used to have a bunch of stuff in my tea. I do this daily tea thing in the morning that I put all kinds of stuff in it and I mix and match depending how I'm feeling. And I used to put so much honey, so much honey. I mean, it was like syrupy sweet. And I slowly slow that down. And now if I put honey on my tea, I actually don't like it anymore. Yeah, it's just sweet. I'm good. So it's just about retraining your palate too. And that's proven.
0: I'm a big dark chocolate person. Dark chocolate, dried cherries.
1: I'm on the 70% right now. I got a vegan 70% chocolate. Do you know that brand, HU? I do actually
0: know <laughs> that brand. And I actually love that brand. And I actually met the founders of it yesterday.
1: That's amazing. So their chocolate bar that has the hazelnut inside, that's my fix. Me too. I love really? hazelnuts. Hazelnut yes, love it. Yes. That's like my favorite.
0: Hazelnuts are really good for you too. I need to know your tea routine too, because I'm super into teas as well. I'm really on
1: dandelion and nettle kick. Okay. The health properties are insane. That's awesome. I have a tea station, you know, talking about like your self-care routine. Mm -hmm. This is my little section of the house and I'm like, nobody touch it. Nobody comes around. If you want to make your own tea, leave it exactly how you found it. This is my time in the morning. It works great when I'm able to do it before the whole household gets going. It doesn't always work that way, but it is something that I do for myself every morning. And I have all the spices that I love, all in, you know, glass jars and the powders and glass jars. So it looks pretty. Like it makes me feel good when I go in there. And I mix it up, you know, like this morning, for instance, I'm doing a stick of cinnamon a star anise. I have two cloves, fennel seeds, and I do peppermint and yerba mate. So that's what I have on my today. Amazing. I love that. So I have
0: the grossest tea story. Do you want to hear it? Yes, go for it. (laughs) Okay. So I love tea also. I also keep my tea in glass jars on my counter. And I love all different types of tea. Depends on what time of day and what I'm in the mood for and whatever. So my husband went to Turkey on a business trip, and he brought me back the most beautiful loose leaf teas.
1: They have the best teas up there. So gorgeous.
0: So he brings home all these big, giant vacuum-sealed bags of tea. And these teas look so gorgeous from Turkey, like flowers and pieces of cinnamon and tree bark, and they just look so beautiful. So there were like four different kinds. I took them out of the vacuum sealed bags and put them in jars on my counter. Now, obviously, loose leaf tea sits there for a while because, you know, you can't go through it so quickly. And it looks so beautiful in the jars. And one day I was in my kitchen and I see a moth. I'm like, okay. So I like try to catch the moth and put it outside or kill it, whatever I did. Depends on what mood I'm in. If I'm in a bad mood, that moth is getting (laughs) smashed against the wall. If I'm in a nice mood, then the moth, I try to capture it in a glass and put it outside. Anyway, next day, I see another moth. I see another moth. So I'm like, okay. You see moths in your kitchen. You know you have little worms somewhere. Somewhere. And normally the worms are probably in the pantry in some dry goods that have been sitting there a long time. So... (laughs) I'm like, oh, God, where could the moth be? And you can tell when there's moths in dry goods because there'll be little silk strings. And this is the beauty about putting your stuff in glass jars. You move the stuff inside the jar around. And if you see little threads, you know you've got worms in there. Anyway, (laughs) all these like four jars of the most beautiful tea sitting on my counter was full. They'd been on my counter for probably two months and they were all half done because I had been drinking the tea. There were fucking moths, worms. Everywhere. All in these tea jars. First I vomited. I mean, I was so grossed out. Were you drinking? Oh, every day, every day. Oh my god! You know, I have like a loose leaf teapot, right? It has a metal (laughs) cylinder in the middle and you fill the metal cylinder with the flowers. And then you pour hot water over it. So basically, oh. I've been drinking worm tea for two oh, months, Alan. not knowing it. Oh. But I guess the worms would have died because they're getting hot water poured over them. But wait, oh. the story gets worse. So I'm like so sad because these teas were so gorgeous. And by the way, so delicious, right? The hibiscus from Turkey was like the most delicious thing you've ever tasted. So then a couple of days later, I see another moth. And I'm like, oh no, maybe there are other places too. What's left? Where could the moths be? And there was only one jar left on the counter. It was a glass jar full of pistachios. Oh no, they got in there. Now I hadn't had pistachios, but again, at night, if I want a snack and I want to eat sugar, I'll try to eat like pistachios, dried cherries. I'll try to do something else. These particular pistachios had been sitting there a while. Like I hadn't really been on a pistachio kick. So I look at the pistachio jar. I heard the music in my head. Woo, 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 <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Zoom in on the pistachio jar. It's got to be full of worms. <laughs> so I'm looking at the pistachio jar and I'm like, I don't see any of the little silky threads. I don't see any worms in there. I can't take a chance. I have to just throw out the pistachios. I stare down at the trash can and I'm looking oh. at all these pistachios sitting in my trash can. And then all of a sudden, it all start moving. They all started moving. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! It was literally like creep show in my kitchen. I was freaking the f out. <laughs> if you buy dry goods, peoples, you got to eat them right
1: away. Do you want to hear something funny? Please. We went to Turkey. Oh. <gasps> And we brought in bags and bags of teas and nuts and dry goods. And a few months later, we're in the kitchen and we had guests in the house. (laughs) And the little boy playing with my kid goes, what's that movie on the floor? And he yells out loud for everybody to hear. You have worms in your kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like no, what were you talking about? And I go and then I look and it's that little white worm. And then I look to the side and I went, oh shit, here we go. Everywhere on the floor of my kitchen in the little corner was those worms. And somehow they went from the pantry. I guess one of the kids had left something open. We had to empty our whole pantry, clean everything out. It was like two days to where we like is an animal walking around like it was like and they make that nasty sound when you step on them <laughs> popping I mean I had a similar experience so you're absolutely right especially if you're bringing from a different country just bring small amounts don't get you overexcited <laughs> I mean I guess that's
0: why there's customs right and why they don't want us bringing produce in because of that just eat your stuff quick that's all don't let anything sit <laughs> I was thinking before something else you were saying about making little changes, you know, because if you think eating healthy is expensive, wait till you have to start buying insulin.
1: Oh, I have a brother who's type 1 diabetes. I grew up with it. And obviously type 1 is very different than type 2. But, you know, it's a really hard disease to have. I don't think people realize how much it really does affect your life and the life of the ones around you. And, you know, we have a foundation, Just Keep Living Foundation, and we work with... High school students, and we do after-school programs, the number of kids who are getting type 2 diabetes, it's insane. It's crazy. And I know, you know, you hear about it. You go, well, you know, that's the people that are, you know, obese or have preconditions or this and that. It really isn't. Majority of the cases that we've seen, that we've experienced coming from poor diet and their lifestyle.
0: Yeah, I think that if COVID has taught us one thing, is that, you know, it all starts with you, and it all starts with how healthy you are. Now, of course, anybody was susceptible to COVID, and many people lost their lives and suffered a lot. But the healthier we are, the better we are, because we don't want to get sick. The goal is to not get sick because, like I said, our healthcare system is broken.
1: The reality is this, okay? Those things will come. We're gonna get older. We're going to be exposed to things. We're going to come across different situations. They're going to come in our lives. It's just part of life, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are doing better for you, you're going to have a better fighting weight to be able to handle those things. I look at my mother-in-law. She's 90 and she is doing so well. It is her lifestyle and it is the food she eats, like period, period. Sure, genetics help. But if she had the genetics, but didn't do right things for herself, that goes out the window. So to your point, you don't want to be dealing with the healthcare system. You don't want to be deal with doctors. You don't want to be dealing with those bills. You don't want to be dealing with any of that. And if you set yourself properly, you're just going to have a better fighting weight to handle when those things do come in your life.
0: You're also going to enjoy your life more because you're going to feel better. Yes. You're going to age better. So what does your mother-in-law eat? Or what does she not eat? She doesn't eat fried food.
1: She does not like fried food. If she gets anything fried with bread around and stuff, she takes it out. She doesn't like it. So she wakes up in the morning and it's religious. She has her two cup of coffees with the same amount of creamer in it. Then she'll have every morning a yogurt. She's living with us now. And when she came in, she was having the really crappy yogurt. And I slowly transitioned her into a Greek yogurt and better for her and stuff. She loves it now. She'll have a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She loves vegetables. She likes very little carbs, processed carbs, and she loves fish. She exercises. She does these Pilates three times a week religiously. She goes on walks. She reads every day. And every single day at five o'clock, she has her glass of wine with something salty. And then she has another glass of wine before she goes to bed that she takes with her to bed, which this one is not the healthiest thing, (laughs) but it is her routine. And I'm telling you, it just works for her. Her brain is so sharp. And like I say, she's so active. She's more flexible than any one of us in the household. Amazing. Yeah. Lifestyle. And I bet you she's so happy too. Yeah, she is. And you know, the thing is, you got to figure out what works for you right? Like we're all different. So maybe something that works for me, like I always have star knees in my tea. My girlfriend goes, I cannot have star knees. It makes me so sick. Your body tells you what works for it and what doesn't. So I think that if we become more in tune with how our body responds to things, it communicates really well. And then you can kind of create what works for you and what it doesn't because it's not one size fits all. A friend
0: of mine went to the doctor and had super high cholesterol and got put on this cholesterol medication and started to really feel very sick. And she went to the doctor and they said to her, your liver is failing. And she said, I'm sorry, what? And they said, yeah, your liver is failing. And she hightailed it out of there. They said to her, you know, you should maybe stop taking that medicine. Let's just stop it and let's just wait and see what happens. Let's see if it corrects. And she stopped taking the medicine, and she started taking flaxseed every day. Like she would just put it into her yogurt or mix it into a smoothie or whatever. Yeah. Literally in one month, in thirty days, she felt completely fine. She went back to the doctor. Her liver was functioning completely fine, and her wow. cholesterol was way, way below normal. And they wow. said, "What have you been doing?" And she said, "I just started adding a couple of tablespoons of flax seeds to my yogurt or my smoothie." And she was pissed because obviously she spent a fortune on this cholesterol medicine. It shut down her liver, didn't really fix her cholesterol. And she could have fixed it all with flaxseeds. So now she just
1: has flax seeds every day. I think the theme of our conversation here keeps going back into how do you make those little changes? You gave the story of your friend. You know, we had somebody in the household who was suffering with being anemic. You know, the doctor was like, they're going to have to go and have an infusion and we have to do it now. It was that serious. So we got the infusion and then the doctor was like, you know, we're going to be taking all the stuff. and might need to take some medicine and this and that. And I said, you know what, give me two months and let me try to do this. And if it does not hold the levels, then we go that route. But let me try it first. Literally with food, without medicine, every meal that this person had, foods that were reaching iron. And I will cook on the cast iron skillet, all the foods, you know? Another great way to get iron. Yeah. And all the smoothies, this person didn't even know it was that. And I just put everything in there and we went and tested and the levels were way above where it needed to be and held it. And we just then maintained. then we didn't need it to do on every single meal, but it was just a matter of every day. Let's make sure this person has something that has strong in iron and it kept up the levels without having to take any medicines.
0: Yeah, I think back to your book and children, I certainly am very interested in food and have always had very healthy eating habits because of the way I grew up, because I watched all these beautiful Italian immigrant women come to this country and make their own food in their backyard. So I think that if you teach children and if children see you doing things, children want to be like us. They want to do what we're doing, even if they pretend they don't. We do have an impact on their life and their choices. So the best thing we can do for the kids is to show them by example. I truly do believe that when you make better food choices, you really do start to feel better. And it's just a ripple effect. Then you want to try something else. Then you want to try something else. You know, the other thing that I love is sea Do you take sea No. I don't. I don't even know what it is. It's a seaweed product. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you get a clean source because there's some people literally growing sea moss like in swimming pools. I have this amazing woman who has a small little operation called Divine Harvest Foods. Her name is Sabrina out of New Jersey. I'm writing that down. Divine Harvest Foods. Shout out to Sabrina. Are you familiar with Dr. Sebi? No, Uh-uh Dr. Sebi was a very famous African-American doctor who claimed to have had the cure for cancer, and I think HIV I might be speaking out of turn but for sure, cancer. And he was big into CMOS, and you know, he was a big proponent of vegan diet and things like that, specifically no dairy because it creates mucus.:
1: I'm a living example of how dairy create all of that. I used to be a heavy, heavy cheese eater. Like I used to love it so much. Matt used to give it to me for birthday gifts, you know, like the cheese platters <laughs> from all over the world kind of thing. Like it was a thing for me. Uh-huh. And I used to suffer a lot with nasal stuff, getting nasal infections, ears and nose post drainage and all of that. And Woody, Woody Harrison was at our house and he kept seeing me and, you know, and we're good friends. So he's seen me enough dealing with that. And he just was in the house one day and he just goes, "Will you just stop eating the damn dairy? Just try it, man. Just, you know, you know, like how he talks and just give it a break for a moment and try it out. Give yourself a month without it and see if you see a difference. And if you don't, then you can, you know, cuss me out later. Right. And I did try it. And my body has never been the same after I went without dairy. I never had those problems again. And now when I do have dairy, I feel the impacts of it. Mm-hmm. Like right away, I feel it. So I still have dairy, but very little. And if I really want to have something, I would do a goat cheese. Or sheep milk, which is a little bit lighter. Still dairy, but it's a little bit lighter. But I don't buy cheese for myself anymore. I've changed it so much of my habits with dairy.
0: I have very little too. My husband makes amazing pizza. He'll make his pizza with like nice fresh mozzarella. Actually, the people who make Hue chocolate, they also created a product called Coconut Bliss, which was a coconut-based ice cream. And their struggle was you're never going to get people to stop eating their dairy, right? Mm-hmm. No one was catching on in the middle of the country to Coconut Bliss. So they created the first dairy ice cream that is from grass-fed cows, healthy cows, where they're really, really paying very close attention to the health and the diet of the cows where the dairy comes from and they're making this dairy ice cream and they're obsessed with the quality of where they're getting their products from as they are with the hue chocolate and all of that. But back to the sea moss. So the sea moss, there's lots of different forms. Some people dry it and powder it and there's like a capsule form of it. I just saw a sea moss gel. You soak the sea moss in water and then you can grind it up in a blender and make like a gel. Keep it in a jar in your fridge and then add a spoonful to your smoothies. I take a bunch of sea moss dried and I put it in a water pitcher and I fill the pitcher with water and then I keep that in my fridge and the sea moss soaks in that water and I just take a shot of that water and I put it into my juice every day.
1: Oh, that's easy. That's
0: how I like it. I have a friend that soaks it and then grinds it into his smoothies. I don't love the texture of that, me personally, but it all is, you know, what you like. Exactly. Try CMOS. You'll
1: love it. I made a note of it. CMOS and uh, Divine harvest foods. I made a note of that to to check it out. Yeah, she's great. You know, I think though, before we wrap it up, you know, I think it's important to bring it up because, you know, you and I went in a dive through into certain things that we like. They're more exotic and different that people might not have heard of. It. And some people might listen to this and be like, oh my gosh, like me, I'm over here like taking notes going, okay, I got to check that out. I got to read about this, you know, because that's the whole notion of it, right? Like none of us know everything. We have our knowledge and it's about learning from each other. I feel like I learned so much from you today in this conversation, but some people at home might be like, oh my gosh, this is so above what I can do right now with all this complicated names and places and things like that, that I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. So I think that To take back to the original point that the most important thing is to start on your household and looking at your things on how you can do better with your food, with your habits, with your lifestyle. And you can start so small and you will be amazed to see the difference, the impact that you would have if you start small but consistent. And doing that for a long-term, you will get amazing results in the changes you can do in your life and in the life of your family. So just start in your pantry, you know, see what kind of changes you can do there. Think about your daily habits. I just encourage everybody to just pause for a moment and think about that and see how you can do better. Don't put pressure in yourself. Everybody's in different levels. So realize what level you're in, And just go, how can I do better to get myself to the next level? Yes.
0: Oh, Camilla, this was so fun. The book is Just Try One Bite. Thank you so much for
1: doing this. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. I learned so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.